Welcome to Dare to Dwell, a podcast with the Daughters of St. Paul. We're so glad you're here. This season, we are gathering around the mics to share about the love of God poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. You can find out more about our work on social media at Daughter St. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to Dare to Dwell. I am Sister Julie Benedicta. I'm Sister Oriane Pietra Renee. And this season, we are going through the sanctifier, just kind of talking about the love of the Holy Spirit that's poured into our hearts. And it's been so exciting. And uh, we're looking forward to diving into chapter two this week. Yes. Okay. So chapter two has one of my favorite chapter titles. Does it? I do love this title. It is so ridiculously simple. Mm -hmm. It is called Our Delightful Guest. And I just have to say, like, to me, (laughs) yeah, it seems really straightforward and simple, but at the same time. There's so much here to unpack because each single word means something in this t- chapter. Mm-hmm. Our, yeah. delightful, mm-hmm. and guest. Our, I think, just reminds us that the Holy Spirit is gifted to us, that the Lord comes to dwell as someone who belongs to us in a way. Like we belong to him, he belongs to us. We are his and he is ours. He is our God. Delightful just really brings me back to that, like Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, like, just it delight. makes you want to smile. Yes, and that... Yeah. The, it's beautiful because it's mutual to me, that mm-hmm. word. Delightful as in he is delightful to us. It's describing our experience of the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, he is full of delight yes. for Love coming that. to live in us. And guest like, yeah, Martinez really breaks open what guest means because to me, my first assumption with a guest is that they're leaving. <laughs> right. You yeah, know? no, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. Right. Yeah. But he's breaking open. He's like, no, that is not what God mm-hmm. means when he comes to be your guest. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. So get ready, guys. Yeah. So, okay. Um, the first line, I don't know that I didn't realize that he wasn't literally talking about the Holy Spirit already off the bat. Mm. Because it's so true. So he says, how wonderful is the work of the artist? And at first I'm like, yeah, the divine artist does wonderful work. <laughs> and then it becomes clear he's actually just talking about any artist. Right. Like any artist, the way that he can or she can mm-hmm. like shape things, color things, make things exist that did not previously exist right. is wonderful mm-hmm. and cool and amazing. And he talks about like there's some things that are harder to do, like removing big chunks of marble. And there's some things that are easier to do, like the finishing stroke of a brush, right? Mm-hmm. So like but every work of the artist that contributes to the whole is wonderful and beautiful and cool. And he's talking about human artists. So then like yes. immediately it's like, okay, so even more the divine artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it's hard for us, at least it's hard for me, to see myself as something that the Lord is crafting. Mm-hmm. Usually for me, I see myself as this little blob of inconsistencies and quirks and yeah like some nice things and some not so great things and like it's I don't necessarily see myself at least not at first glance as something that the Lord is continuing to bring to completion mm-hmm. and um St. Paul has that that really beautiful line where he says like may the may the Lord finish like bring the good work that he has begun in you to completion mm-hmm. and That's paraphrased. (laughs) Um, But very close. Right. So when we understand God as an artist, if you are like me, the finishing stroke of a brush and (laughs) carving marble are equally difficult. (laughs) Like I'm just so hopeless when it comes to art. 
So in a sense, I actually have, when we're bad artists, we actually have an opportunity of more wonder almost, almost. Because like <laughs> every little thing of art is like, wow. Mm -hmm. And then when you see what God is doing, you're like, wow. <laughs> but I think there's also a beautiful, if you are artistic, there's a really beautiful parallel there that you have a unique ability to participate in. In, in ancient Hebrew, people were never described as creators. They were always described as creative because the word creator was only applied to God. And the understanding was that all of us, when we create, we're participating in the creation that only God can do, mm. which is a really beautiful nuance if you mm -hmm. think about it. Now, in English, obviously, we do not have that distinction. You know, we, we talk about content creators and, <laughs> you know, creators of blank. But to know that we are participating in or that we have been given something that allowed us to do X, Y, Z, it's like this really tiny, humble reminder that God has done something in us and is doing something in us and will do mm -hmm. something in us. And that's the only reason we can do anything. Yeah. So when we think about how wonderful the work of the artist, like, yeah, it is full of wonder. It is wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I would push back a little bit because when I was yeah. thinking about this, like, I think everyone is in some way an artist. So mm. maybe maybe your art is words. Maybe your art is writing. Sure. Maybe your art sure. is finding the right funny audio for an Instagram. <laughs> oh, I have that. Real. <laughs> like, <laughs> does that make me an artist? Yes. Okay. Oh, I, I, I do think it does. Um, <laughs> but what I love about, like, part of his point here is because he says uh, that you know, he talks about how the artist has this ideal, and it's kind of an interesting way to translate that. I think what he's really getting at is, like, when an artist sets out to do something, they have an end goal in mind. Mm -hmm. And the closer that the finished product can come to that end goal that is in mind, like, the happier the artist is with the outcome. Mm -hmm. Typically, right? right? More or less. Typically, yeah. So he's saying that for the Holy Spirit, that ideal is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And his medium is us, is our souls. And so the closer that he can help us to become like Jesus, the more happy he is with the art. And so like the fact that he loves – so like the artist loves the idea that they're trying to produce, mm -hmm. right? If it's a painting or a sculpture or, or whatever or a poem, like whatever it might be, the artist loves the thing that they're trying to produce. And that's kind of why they labor mm -hmm. to try to bring it into reality. Right. And – we all kind of love – I think everybody has something that they do that brings them to this place, this feeling that we can all kind of love of just getting like totally lost in a project. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a drawing or like a digital render if you're into 3D sculpting or yeah. if you're um, a musician like into a composition or a poem or a novel. But like the Holy Spirit is even more accomplished artist than any human person ever could be. And he doesn't just like get absorbed into the canvas or into the image or into the words or any of those things. He actually takes up residence within the medium yeah. that he's working with, mm -hmm. which is me, you, right, each of us. It, I, it, if that doesn't <laughs> blow your mind, I don't know what will. It's so moving to me that 
as Christians, we have a very um, incarnational, sacramental understanding of of God. Mm-hmm. And we can see from the very beginning in Genesis when, you know, the spirit is hovering over the waters, right? Mm-hmm. And and God speaks creation into existence. He immediately makes man and woman as a being, which is rather unique, like they have an immortal soul and they have a body. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we are theology of the body principle, like we are both our soul and our body. It's not like we're a soul that happens to have the cage of a body and Mm -hmm. our body doesn't actually matter. We are both together. Mm -hmm. That is what a human is. And that is why the separation of your soul and your body is is death. It doesn't mean your soul goes away, but it means that you're not full. And that's why the resurrection of the body is such an important part of our, our belief is that, you know, after after spending some time as a soul, just <laughs> soul, in heaven, your your body will be resurrected and you will be like full again, mm-hmm. right? Integrated. Yeah. Integrated. Thank you. Yeah. So understanding that, we recognize that God communicates to us through our bodies as much as through our souls, right? Mm-hmm. He very much can speak to us through our minds and our souls, but also through the physical realities around us. So when we have experiences like that of getting lost in art mm-hmm. or lost in a project, that should tell us something about God. Yeah. It should. And the fact that we enjoy that, that that's right. something that we strive for. Like when we when yeah. we finally hit that flow state where we're just mm-hmm. like really like time does not matter. Yes. You know, like yeah, time we stops. love it. We love it. It yeah. feels good. And mm-hmm. and it's when we feel the most creative and the most productive too. Right. And so so it's a good thing. And to think that the Holy Spirit finds that in us to a degree that can delight God, mm-hmm. that can delight a divine being who is also a perfect yeah. artist. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And like you said, like we can't think of ourselves that way. Like for Mm-mm. some reason we just are unable, it seems like most of us, to think of ourselves in the same way that God thinks of us, to to right. delight in whatever it is that he's doing in us in the same way that he does. I think for most of us, we see the blob. <laughs> we see the unfinished work. We see the parts where, you know, he tried carving that out last time, <laughs> but I went ahead and grew it back in or, mm-hmm. you know, like – where he 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 asked if he could remove this piece over here and I said no like right. sometimes that happens and I think that we can see those things very clearly I think often we can see in each other a little bit more of the beauty of what God's doing often yeah uh, but never do we see as clearly as he does mm-hmm. and so we'll never be able to fully comprehend the delight that he has so when we are able to grasp just like a glimpse of it like Oh my gosh, it's so cool. Yeah. And I don't know, Sister Benedict, if you've had this experience or you guys listening have had this experience, but like sometimes you will have just a short flash moment of clarity mm-hmm. when you're speaking with someone, especially if they're going through a hard time, mm-hmm. of exactly what God is doing. Like I've had that a, that mm-hmm. experience a couple of times where I've just had this little flash of like, oh my gosh, after this person is describing what they're going through, that I can see exactly what the Holy Spirit is doing and where he's like guiding them. But even in those moments, it's not necessarily the time to say it. No. You know, yeah. you can't just like pontificate and be like, oh, well, I'm so sorry you're going through a hard time. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is doing this and you right. have fun? <laughs> it doesn't make anything better. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes sometimes you are called to share a word mm. about that. And sometimes it really is just a moment where God 
kind of lets you in on a beautiful secret mm -hmm. and and not a secret that he's hiding from the other person because he doesn't want them to know, mm -hmm. but because they're not in a place where it would help them to know right. yet, but you are in a place where it would help you somehow. Yeah. And the fact that God sometimes shares those things with us can really help bolster our own faith that when we're going through difficult times or when something difficult has happened to us that really is the result of somebody's sin, someone's no to God, because we do have free will, that we can really trust in his faithfulness to bring something good out of it, to heal us, to bring us to a new place, and to be able to, you know, be able to live out of it in a way that actually can help other people mm -hmm. return to him. Mm -hmm. And that is such a consoling thing that even when somebody or something that has fallen comes up to us and like, you know, drills a hole in the pottery, you know, or or smashes something and cracks it, like God will do something with that. Even mm -hmm. when other people say no to God, he always says yes to us. He never abandons us. Um, or rather he says yes to us for our good. <laughs> he doesn't just do anything that we mm -hmm. happen to want him to do. <laughs> but that to me, if we're looking at God as our artist, if we're looking at God as our guest, um, as our creator, redeemer, father, like brother, all those things, God is someone who will always be there for you and with you and will always bring good out of something as long as you are not also turning away and saying no mm -hmm. to his work. Mm -hmm. And in that, sometimes we can be like, well, how do I know I'm saying yes? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's as simple as saying I don't know if I'm saying yes, God. Help me to say yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. the end. Yeah. I remember sharing with you, Sister and I don't remember if I've shared it on the podcast, mm. that um, at one point I was praying with something, and I felt like God had made kind of a promise to me mm. that he was going to do something in me or like um, – yeah, like there was there was something that needed to happen that I felt like he was kind of promising that he was going to do it. And I was reading in my journal. I had been on retreat and I had heard him say this and I just was like, um, this was months later. And so I was kind of coming to him and saying, OK, God, you made this promise. Where is it? Where's the fruit? Like I was kind of getting after him about it a little bit. Yeah. And every time I sat down to pray about it, I kind of heard him say, like, read it again. Like mm. read the notes from when I made this promise again. And... So I would go and I'd read it again. I'd be like, yep, that's the thing. That's the thing that I really want. And I, I'm not seeing you do it. And I just wish that you would do that, please. <laughs> if you could start now, that'd be great. And I don't know if you remember me telling you. I do, yeah. But, yeah. And um, finally, it was like the fourth or fifth time I sat down to pray about it. And I was getting kind of frustrated. And I, I felt the Lord say, read it again. And I'm like, I have it memorized. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, I sit down and I read it. But I read through to the end of the full entry from that prayer mm. period from when I was on retreat. And I get to the end of this entry, which I had not been rereading. I'd just been rereading The Promise. I get to the end of this entry, and right there in my very own handwriting is the words, I don't know if I can say yes yet. Mm. God, this sounds good. I don't know if I can say yes yet. So now here I am like six, six or eight months later <laughs> saying, why didn't you do it? And he's going, because you haven't said yes. Yeah. Because you haven't said yes. And I was like, I of course, I broke down in tears. And I was just like, ah, I'm so dumb. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it wasn't that he wasn't being true to his promise. It was just that 
I hadn't actually given him the permission to do that work. Mm-hmm. And without that, he's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. He's he's respectful and in some ways he's almost too much of a gentleman. <laughs> and, um, and so he was waiting for my yes. And, and I have seen fruit of that yes since then. Yeah. And I'm praying that he continues to, to grow it. And I have a feeling that it's only going to grow in response to the size of my yes. Like I have mm-hmm. to begin to say it more and more deeply and mm-hmm. to, the more I understand it the more truly I can say it right um but it's just like I wonder how many times this has happened in my life I'm grateful that he pointed it out this time but I'm just kind of like you know it kind of feels like something I would do and <laughs> maybe it's happened more than once yeah and maybe it's happened to you too it's, at some point it's so real mm-hmm. because you know, everyone has their own experience of this based on, you know, their personalities, their histories, whatever, because God deals with us as his individual children, too, mm-hmm. right? He knows yeah. us. But when we say yes to something, it is kind of like an onion, right? Like there are layers and sometimes he'll ask again and again mm-hmm. and again, mm-hmm. because each time we're both renewing and deepening our yes. And that's so important even for us, like to really yeah. be able to grasp his presence and to to surrender ourselves to him. And that doesn't mean that when we say yes to God, everything's going to magically start working out. You know, that's not Jesus' promise to us. Jesus reminds us like, yeah, there will be trouble. You will have trouble. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. You will have trouble. Mm-hmm. But but he also says, okay, I'm going to go back to John 14 because awesome. I just love this so much. John 14, 22. At this point, interestingly enough, this is the Last Supper discourse, and Judas Iscariot has already left the room, Mm -hmm. which I actually think is very tragic. Anyway, Judas, not the Iscariot, specifies John, said to him, Master, then what happened that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling in him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine but that of the Father who sent me. And then he says, I have told you this while I am still with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit that the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. And I think that's so profound because that is his promise to us. Yeah. It's a beautiful passage in that sometimes we do kind of ask ourselves like, well, why have you told me this and not that person? Or sometimes the reverse. Why are you telling this person and not me? But he reminds us like, no, whoever loves me, like I'm going to come and dwell in you. I might not be telling you the things you want me to say at the time you want me to say it, (laughs) but I know what's going on here. Yeah. Trust me. And he's he it's this beautiful Trinitarian passage where he's saying like the father will love him and we Mm-hmm. will come to dwell in him. And then at this point, like the, the apostles don't really know exactly what the Holy Spirit is and what it's going to do. So he adds it at the end. But it's this beautiful understanding of when, when the Lord gifts us the Holy Spirit in our baptism, you cannot have the Holy Spirit independent of Jesus and the Father. No. Right? No. So mm-hmm. God himself, the Trinity, comes to dwell in us through that indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And he, I love how Jesus says like, The Holy Spirit will remind you of all that I have told you in sacred scripture, in the silence of your heart, in the tradition of the church, in the circumstances of your life. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you things. And if you didn't notice it the first time or if you 
if it was a really touching moment and then you straight up forgot, which happens to me all the time, <laughs> he, <laughs> he will remind you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that reminder is painful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. But I always think, you know, we're daughters of St. Paul. Obviously, we love our, our spiritual pops. St. Paul had a very interesting um, experience of this because in a way, he did not give God permission in a way mm-hmm. for a lot of things. And Jesus was trying to get to him long before the road of Damascus. And Jesus himself actually kind of states that, that mm-hmm. he was like poking at him for a while when he says, it's just hurting you mm-hmm. to kick against the goats. Like mm-hmm. I've been trying to direct you for a while mm-hmm. and you're getting hurt because you keep saying no. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus shows up face to face, basically, with Paul, it can kind of seem like Jesus just like kicked down the door, which actually he did. Mm -hmm. But he did not enter. Mm -hmm. He kicked down the door so Paul could see who was on the other side. Yep. He did not enter until Paul gave him permission. Yeah, Paul had total agency in choosing. You know, it says when he was blinded for three days, mm-hmm. he ate or drank nothing. He wouldn't talk to anyone. Like he had total, he could have just like let that totally slip him into a depression where he was just like, my whole life has been a lie and it's yeah. over. Right. He could have. He could have. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. And Ananias showed up. Yeah. And he received him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, like for Paul, that would have been a humiliating moment, not just to be blind and helpless when clearly like he was a really strong, like forceful kind of guy. Right. But also he literally was going there to arrest people like Ananias, probably Ananias himself, honestly, probably, yeah. was probably on the list. So this guy that you were going to arrest, mm-hmm. throw into jail, would have had no heartache over if he had been stoned to death. Mm-hmm. Like you're sitting there being like, I need you. Mm-hmm. And you were right. Yeah. And to be called brother, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 The other thing I love about this passage is something I used to hate about this passage. Mm. (laughs) When he says, um, whoever loves me will do as, as I've said, he says it in a bunch of different places. We'll keep my word. We'll keep my word. Mm -hmm. We'll do what the father says, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it feels like he's telling us we have to do something to earn this. Sure. And I remember sitting down with a sister one time, I think it was on a retreat, And telling her, I think she, yes, it was on a retreat. She'd given me this passage to pray with. And I came back to her and I just said, I can't. Mm. I can't. I I feel like I can't do everything in the word. I feel feel like I can't completely keep the word that God's given me, that I I can't do everything that the Father is asking of me. And she just kind of smiled and she was like, yep. (laughs) And you're like, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> like, you're telling me I'm supposed to ask him for help, aren't you? And she's like, yep. <laughs> we knew each other pretty well at that point. Um, and so now when I read that passage, instead of feeling like there's this daunting thing that I have to do in order to earn or overcome the obstacle mm-hmm. to the indwelling of the Trinity, it feels like he's kind of saying – Everything that I'm giving you is to this end. Right. Exactly. Like, let us help you do this so that we can be there. Mm-hmm. And I love what Martina says here. He defines love. He says, this is love, which just makes me want to sing the Cinderella song. This is love. <laughs> oh, dear. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't sing into microphones. I hate that song. <laughs> 
so much. Even as a kid, when that song came on, I was like, oh, are you serious? Cinderella, just, just go do your work. Stop singing. Uh, no, it's at the end when she's dancing with them at their wedding. It's not the da-da-da-da. Yeah. I hate that. Oh, I hate that yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so he says, this is love. Mm-hmm. Union or desire of union. And as the Holy Spirit is the infinite love of God, to him is appropriated the happy name, the soul's delightful guest. Mm. So he defines love as either union or the desire for union. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're pulling out in John chapter 14 that Jesus is actually saying, this is our desire for union. Yeah. Are you reciprocating that desire for union? Mm-hmm. Because if you do, we're going to have it. Right. That's actually one of the beautiful things in this chapter. Where is it? Yeah, on page 13 in our books anyway, um, Martina says the love of friendship is mutual. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we talk about God as friend, that can be kind of a loaded word in a way because especially in our society, our understanding of friendship has changed naturally. Um, And friendship can mean a lot of different things. Friendship we use even to equate to like friendly acquaintances Mm -hmm. we might call friends different people will be quicker or slower to call someone their friend based on you know how deeply they connect a certain type of relationship to that word i was always much slower to call people friends than a lot of other people and it wasn't because i didn't like them or care about them but to me like that always had a connotation that went to like loyalty Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing yeah so here when we talk about how the love of friendship is mutual There is a purity of love to friendship that does not demand anything else except relationship. And that's a beautiful thing, especially when we live in a we live in a culture that is highly sexualized as Mm -hmm. well, like among many other problems that we obviously have. And that can kind of skew our understanding of friendship. Mm -hmm. We had I don't remember what decade this was because I wasn't alive. But anyway, there was a decade where all of these rom-coms came out about exploring, like, can men and women actually be friends? Or, like, yeah, does that sexual yeah. attraction always come get in the way? But that is actually coming out of a perverted understanding mm-hmm. of friendship. Mm-hmm. Because perverted in the sense of twisted. It, and Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A twisted understanding of friendship. Yeah. Because you're assuming that any bond of affection or Mm -hmm. loyalty has to be at risk Mm -hmm. by something else. And to me, it's so beautiful that God explicitly uses the metaphor of bride and bridegroom. Yep. And he explicitly uses the metaphor of friendship. Yeah. And both metaphors he's using in a very full sense, but at the same time, using both of those together really does remind us, and he calls sister, brother, bride, like, right? Mm -hmm. So- those metaphors all together remind us that there's there's nothing here that we're going to that's going to like risk you feeling like somehow there's there's like a demand or a right. payment or like if something doesn't go well enough it's going to end like that's not what he's saying at all it's it's a, just such a pure loyalty and fullness of giving mm-hmm. and within that we have to recognize that, yes, God will always love us, even if we don't love him back. But if we don't love him back, it's not friendship because we have chosen for it not to be. It needs to be mutual for it, it to be friendship. Yeah. to be mutual. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's not equal. Mm-hmm. God is always first and he loves more than we can love. 
But through the indwelling, so as a kid, it actually made me really sad the day that I realized that God loved more than me. Not because, <laughs> not because I was like, oh, too bad God loves so much. But it was, it was more like, I can't love him back mm. the same amount. Mm. And I want to. Mm -hmm. That was such a sad, like, I actually sat down and cried. I was like, I can't love you enough. That's so beautiful. <laughs> it was such oh, my god, Dorky little kid. But, like, it was a very sincere moment for yeah. me. and. That was a moment that that really kind of started, I guess, an awakening for me of realizing that, no, I can't love him as much as he loves me. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. in the gift of the Holy Spirit in my baptism, God dwells in me. The Holy Spirit can love in me as much as God loves. Yes. And that not only expands my human capacity for love, but like it just breaks down all the barriers, you know. So even though I will always love as a human on this side of heaven imperfectly, there is someone in me loving me, mm -hmm. loving God, mm -hmm. loving me, mm -hmm. which is crazy. And that is the thing that gives me the confidence to go back to God every time I have messed up or said no, like straight out or said half of a yes mm -hmm. or said full yes and then kind of derailed. <laughs> like <laughs> real talk. And to say like, I'm not loving you out of the depth of the well that you've you've put in me. There's a yeah. life spring in me and I'm not loving out of it. Yeah. Help me to like recenter mm -hmm. and love out of that. Yeah. And to dig it deeper and to yeah. purify it. Yeah. 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 And that goes for human relationships too. Mm -hmm. Like it can be really hard in your in your house, in your family, in your job, in your community. Wherever you are, sometimes in your parish, like mm -hmm. when there's those, you know, there's always those couple people who drive you crazy. <laughs> and it can be really hard to love out of that place. But as yeah. Christians, that is actually the type of love that when Christianity was illegal way back when, and it still is in many places, and maybe one day again, who knows? Like that reality, that was the kind of love that shook people up. Yep. And they thought we were crazy, but they were also really attracted <laughs> to that crazy mm -hmm. and realized where it was coming from. Yeah. I think too there's like a part of it like going back to the to the piece where it, it it's almost hard to believe sometimes mm -hmm. that there's something beautiful being made out of me, you know. Right. Um that the artist has has some vision for me there. I love this line where Martinez says with divine enthusiasm he comes to the soul. Mhm. Mm when the Holy Spirit's invited, when we when we open ourselves up and we say this yes, with divine enthusiasm. Like yeah. I think of like an enthusiastic little kid who's like super excited to do something. <laughs> and like to take all of that energy and then also make it divine. Mm -hmm. Like to make it big and eternal and omnipotent is like, whoa. Yes. Cause I think it can be so easy to to think like that maybe God begrudgingly comes to be with me <laughs> yeah. or like he's got to come fix what I've managed to mess up or mm -hmm. like, you know, there's he's he's like, OK, well, I guess I promise. So I guess I have to go now. Um, <laughs> I can't deny myself. So yeah, I guess here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality is that he comes like super willingly, totally enthusiastically and out of like this deep, profound desire to have intimacy and communion with me, mm -hmm. not with like a generic face in the crowd, not just kind of like generally y'all over there with me, with you, with each 
individual person who's turning to him, Mm -hmm. specifically, uniquely, and not in the same way as the person next to us. Yeah. Martinez has a beautiful line um, in this chapter where he says, the first gift of love is love itself. Mm -hmm. And because of that reality, joy is part of that, right? And it actually enables us to give it to other people because Mm -hmm. as we are gifted love, we don't just gift it back to God and ignore everybody else that he loves. Like that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) No. When, you know, when you have a friend and they have a friend that they introduce to you, you're not automatically going to decide that you don't care about that person, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's important for us to care about everybody, first of all, but also the people that we love, we care about the people they love naturally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in that capacity, when we are gifted love, We are gifted an eternal love, a love that doesn't run out, so we can love God with all of it back and love the people around us with all of it back. And just as it's sometimes really difficult for us to see God working in ourselves, I think most of us, I don't want to put everybody in this category in case you don't have this experience, but I have had this experience where there's like that one person, whether whether or not it's that they drive me crazy or I just... I've had a really difficult history with them and I've prayed for their good and I've waited for their good and mm-hmm. I've waited for their conversion and it's not happening. And it's been years and it's been decades and it's not happening. And it, it can be very tempting in those moments to be like, well, lost cause. Mm-hmm. They said no, clearly. Or I don't know where you are, God, but like you're not doing the thing that I asked you to do. And it's been years and years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. So come on. Yeah, But in those moments, I think it's really important to remember that because the gift of love is love itself, the first gift of love, love not only allows free will and free choice, but love also knows what will break a person and love knows what will heal a person. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, I think it's so important for us to understand that the best way that we can love that person in those moments is to just keep praying for them, whether we feel excited about it or not. Mm -hmm. And the best way that we can love God in that moment is to trust that he's loving that person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even when that means maybe the relationship is such that it's actually better if I don't have contact with that person anymore. It doesn't mean that I stop praying for them. No. Yeah. Or even if it's it's somebody that actually I love quite dearly and has never hurt me, but I just would really love to see them in the arms of God. I would love to see them, you know, knowing his love and loving him back. Mm Mm-hmm. Like to remember, God actually wants it way more than I do yep. even. And mm-hmm. so however however much it hurts to see them hurting themselves or away from him or whatever, it hurts him more. Right. Yeah. And if, as you say, like if we're in, in a type of relationship that needs to break for our own health or whatever, mm-hmm. it's it's such a comfort to know that that is not God stepping away, not loving them. And that's right. not us stepping away, not loving them. No. The best choice sometimes we can make in a relationship is to say, this is toxic Mm -hmm. and I need to step away. Mm -hmm. And that is a loving choice I'm making for you. Yeah. And for me. Yeah. Yeah. And we do our best to leave bitterness out of it. Of course. And to do whatever we need to do with any anger that we're feeling. Yeah. Bring it to confession, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe therapy and also prayer. Yeah. Like all of it, all of the above. But so so we do have work to do in it, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be interacting with the other person for that to be true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And like even that desire for somebody to come to know God, like if we take Martinez's definition of love, union or the desire for union, Mm -hmm. 
that's really what that's about, right? Because like yep. really what we're kind of saying is I want to be in heaven with you. Right. You know, I want to be in God's arms with you. Yeah. Like together. And and it's true, like you were saying, you know, sometimes these things can be so – in our culture, it's really hard to hear the word union and not necessarily think of it being sexualized. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it is. It is – I mean, maybe that's part of it if it's proper to the relationship that you have with the person. Right. Sure. And God does use that as a metaphor for union quite often in the absolutely. Bible. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And in fact, that's actually – what the physical union is meant to teach us right, about is this spiritual union. But the spiritual union yeah. is bigger and better and deeper and stronger. Right. The one is a sacramental sign of another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The physical one is actually the big one in miniature. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. So. Yeah. When lived well. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes one of the hardest things to say when we've been hurt by someone, whether it was you know, direct or not. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. it might be a political leader who, you know, hurt you in some way or hurt someone else and you're angry at them and you've never met them and never will. Or sometimes it's like someone who you knew quite well, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In those moments, sometimes the hardest thing to say is, I hope I see you in heaven. Mm -hmm. I hope that I will share heaven with you. Mm -hmm. That can be sometimes the hardest thing to say, even in ourselves, in our own prayer. It can. It can it can go against our nature in some ways. Right. Yeah. Which is why it really is supernatural. When we're able yeah. to say that, that's the Holy Spirit saying it that is. in us. It is. And that is the kind of intercessory prayer. When we talk about the power of prayer, mm. the reason prayer has power is not because we are powerful in and of ourselves. Nope. It is because, well, first of all, God loves us and he's hearing <laughs> us. Also, because the Holy Spirit, those supernatural prayers, that is God praying that in you, man. Like those prayers that we could never pray on our own because of our own limitations or our own woundedness, when that rises up in us, or even when we recognize we're not really feeling it, but we recognize like all of a sudden, maybe I should pray for that. Mm-hmm. That that realization mm-hmm. in and of itself, that is God mm-hmm. desiring that in you. Yeah. 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 That doesn't come from you. No. No. Ever. Yeah. And what a beautiful thing. <laughs> we can we can cultivate that tendency, that, that Awareness, habit. Yeah. But that's always going to be a gift from God. Yes. Yeah. So when you feel those moments, like when you feel prompted, even if you feel prompted by fascination, like you're mm. like, wow, this celebrity, man, like mm-hmm. they're going through a hard time. I'm going to find out all the horrible things about them. Mm-hmm. Pause. Mm-hmm. Why are you feeling that prompting? Mm-hmm. to know what they're struggling with, is it actually because you are being called to pray for them and it's just getting a little twisted along the way? Yep. Because if every, honestly, this just, this blows my mind. If every Christian stopped at that moment and said, oh, wait, I think we're being called to pray for this person and prayed, do you know how many people would be like, their lives would be changed? Like, that is such a beautiful call that we actually have the capacity to join in with God for, yeah. for the salvation of another. Yeah. Yeah. Or the healing of another. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love the way that Martinez kind of wraps up this this chapter mm-hmm. when he says, he says, in the supernatural order, love leads to light. The Holy Spirit leads to the word and word is capitalized. So he's referring specifically to the second person of the Trinity. He's talking about Jesus. <laughs> The Holy Spirit leads to the word, and through the word we go to the Father, in whom all life is completed and all movement is converted into rest. <laughs> and and when he says life is completed, that, that's an interesting way to translate it there. I have a feeling 
um, the Spanish there probably meant something like all of life is brought to its fullest completion. Sure. Not yeah. just not just that it's over. <laughs> like in English, right. we can just be like, well, <laughs> we're done. And we're done. That's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> but really, he's saying like it has been brought to its fullness. Yeah. And all movement is converted into rest. And like just how beautiful that image is and yeah. like how attractive actually that is. Yeah. Um, like, don't you just kind of want to be there? <laughs> I I love the movement converted to rest because, I mean, there's a lot of ways that we conceptualize rest. But if we're able to conceptualize rest as just being, mm-hmm. it's not that nothing's going to happen, mm-hmm. but like just to be and to be out of that that core foundation of what you know now, right? Mm-hmm. That is a really powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times part of our own struggles with our own identity is because we're not able to just be. We have to do something to be ourselves, yeah, but we don't. We just have to be yeah. to be ourselves. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I like about it is all movement is converted into rest. He doesn't say all movement ceases and we begin to rest. Yes, good like, point. Because the movement, if the movement really is love leading to light, the Holy Spirit leading us to the Word, the Word leading to the Father, mm-hmm. like that's movement. That's a right. lot of movement. That's and that's like movement that comes from within us and comes from without, of, like outside of us. And all of that movement, it's still energy, mm-hmm. but that energy is converted into like an active resting. Yeah. It's not passive. It's not lazy. It's not boring. Mm-hmm. It's an active resting, like an active comfort. I'm, I'm, I'm like visualizing this one of those lo-fi like <laughs> – <laughs> Soundtracks with the background with a crackling fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's deliberate. It's not just yeah. like, okay, now I'm taking a breather. Right. It's like this was the goal. Right. And I think recognizing too that within that movement, because he's talking about the Holy Spirit as the eternal guest, he specifies like he's mm-hmm. sticking around. This is for real. This is for keeps. This is forever. Yeah. That is forever. Eternal and delightful. Yes. It's a pretty epic combination. It is. It can sound kind of like fluffy. It can sound cheesy. But it's not. I think epic is a perfect word. Like eternally delightful. (laughs) I love like, uh, sorry, I know we're wrapping up, but like throughout the chapter, I love that Martinez every once in a while will just throw in something. Like there's one line where he says, "What delight in the thought!" And like he's like he says this like, like throughout. Isn't that like, cool? Almost as it, it, it almost feels more like somebody's notes in the margin. Yeah. But it's his text. Like it's just like this is so delightful. This is yeah. so beautiful. Oh my goodness! How wonderful is this? Yeah. I just love that he like kind of inserts that every once in a while. It's one of the things I love about his writing. It's true. It it kind of you see that little giddy schoolboy yeah. aspect of it, and and yeah. rightly so. Yeah. You right. can just like as he's writing it, you can see him like getting chills. Yeah. Thinking about the beauty of what it is that he's expressing. (laughs) It's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he shares that with us. Honestly, that might be a really cool takeaway Mm. or challenge Mm -hmm. is that like in whatever it is that you're having a hard time finding God present in or finding delight in God present Mm -hmm. in, like that might be a really beautiful thing when we pray our closing prayer to keep that situation or that person or whatever in mind and kind of ask to ask to find the Lord's presence and to delight in his presence in that moment, even if it's difficult. 
I love that. I love that. I would say too, um, maybe as we pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just to ask to be enlightened, is there anywhere that the Lord's extended an invitation and I have withheld my yes? Mm-hmm. And yeah. just to ask him to show me that. Right. And just to like maybe spend some time talking to him about it. Yeah. So this is our chaplet to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For the gift of wisdom. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of knowledge. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of counsel. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of fear of the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fear of the Lord and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of understanding. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with understanding, 
and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the Gift of Piety Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, Come and make your home in my heart. And for the gift of fortitude. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. By myself, I I can can do nothing, nothing, but but with God God I can can do all things. For the love of God I want to do all things. To him honor and glory, to me the eternal reward. Holy Spirit, vivify me. Love of God, consume me. The way of truth, lead me. With your grace, empower me. You are the promised one sent by the Father, reminding us of all that Jesus' Master taught. I ask you for no other knowledge, no other wisdom, than that of Christ crucified, and that he may live in me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Dare to Dwell is a production of the Daughters of St. Paul, and is brought to you by our generous supporters on Patreon. For more information about our sisters or ministry, or to learn about how you can support us, visit connect.pauline.org Patreon. God bless you.